Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Luke Branquino Show. 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 Welcome to the one-year anniversary episode of the Luke Branquino Show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, catch up on all the old episodes, and check out the latest. You're going to like it. I can't believe it's been one year since we've launched the Luke Branquino Show. Why did I mess that up? I did not hear action. It's not even scripted and I'm screwing up. This is hard to work in these conditions. We've talked to guests from all walks of life. I stretched. Same time, every bull I get on, they said, well, when's that? I said, the first jump. <laughs> I'm so damned excited to talk to you today because I don't have these conversations every day with anybody else, you know, just every day. We've talked to singers, we've talked to actors. It's one of the most embarrassing moments of my life where the steer comes out, I'm grabbing it, you're telling me how to turn its head, all this stuff, right? And then I thought I heard his neck breaking, right? Because it was like, and I was like, oh my God, I'm breaking its neck. And you were like, no, those are his teeth grinding. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, okay, good to know. We talked to wives of athletes, mine especially. And then at Livermore, when you did say hi to me, you had a hot dog in your shirt pocket. It wasn't Livermore, that was Oh, Turlock. sorry, well, it was, you said hi. She doesn't even know her own story. <laughs> We've had some great laughs. No girls would ever want to hang out with me, but because I got an accent, they do. I don't think it's his accent. The reason why they wouldn't want to talk to him is because he's a dick. <laughs> Hello, dog. How doing? I told you, they just come to me. Oh, these animals just love me. Oh, and you as well. Oh, so many good dogs. <laughs> I'm here with my friends, and we got a future rodeo champion. He's kind of built like his dad, bull rider size, but hopefully he's going to become a steer wrestler. Yeah, good for me, right? <laughs> Seems to love it. You want a bull rider in the family? You got one. I'd, yeah, I'd rather not. Here's some golf clubs, buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> on my shoulder. <laughs> like Ace Ventura. <laughs> you can spend your whole life trying to be the world's best Indian. Or you could quit being afraid of white guys. <laughs> <laughs> we also have shedded some weight, if you can't tell now. Does this make me look like I got man boobs? It makes you look like you've been working out. <laughs> Some of my favorite parts of the Luke Branquino show is the way we just have a conversation and, and relax. She said, uh, don't be alarmed. I got to pull up. Yeah, I still have workout shorts. I, I got to take your shorts off, but we're, we're going to put stents in through your leg, through your, a, your artery in your leg. I just don't want you to be alarmed. I need to shave your upper leg and kind of pubic area. And then to be a smart ass, I looked at her and said, you might be surprised. <laughs> There's no wrong answer. Tell us about your injuries in the, in what do you call it? Ice rink, a skating rink? Uh, I mean, forgive me because You're I- You're so cute. <laughs> Say what's on your mind. I shouldn't have drank it all last night. <laughs> They'll ask him, hey, what's Tudorushki? And he say, him's a mean MF'er. <laughs> is, is, that, um, is that fly pissing you off? Dude, he's been here for the last 22 minutes. <laughs> Oh, I know. I've been timing. I'm waiting to see if you can smack him. He's on your shoulder. Left shoulder. I need a salt gun, man. <laughs> I'm hot. It's 400 degrees in Huntsville. <laughs> well, Kai, he's about like a timed event person. He will just show wait, up wait, and wait, get whoa, on. Whoa. A timed event person? Timed event whatever. Whatever you guys are. 
Cowboys. As we move forward with the Luke Branquino show, I'm excited to get as many guests on as we can and just have them show you what the world of rodeo is like from their perspective inside the arena. The thing I should have done was went and laid on the calf while he was down and then cut the rope. You know, hell, I'm, I'm behind him. I cut myself about six inches of rope to hold on to. <laughs> and they're like, what are you what are you doing, man? I said, man, all I can think about is all the charter planes it took me to get to this point to win this all around. And I'm going to lose it this way? No, I'm not going to lose it this way. No. Lately, he's been given a lot of insight. But he, the first year, he was like, you got to figure it out. And, of course, we had a lot of conversations. We did. After <laughs> I did the initial entering. Lane was unique because it pissed him off when he got bucked off. He was so mad that he would drive all night. And so when he got bucked off, we'd look at each other and we'd kind of giggle and laugh because we knew we didn't we knew we didn't have to drive till tomorrow. <laughs> you end up winning second. Did you win second that year? No, I won no, it. First, all, four, all four of them guys screwed up. Trevor, uh Blair. And Hunter Heron, they all screwed up. And so I was the only one with the time. I was the first guy to come back fourth with seven flat and <laughs> won it. It's been one hell of a ride, and I'm looking forward to, to sharing more of these great stories with you all in the future. Thank you for watching. I just think I want you to know that I think it's Smoke Show that you're trying to reference. I know what the reference is. I like Smoke Wagon better <laughs> because you could haul that ass. <laughs> what? I think the real deciding factor where I really want to do this for a living, I was 18, Brian Canner, who used to, we traveled together everywhere and the old saying, it's not broke, don't fix it. So me and Canner traveled, well, we won first and second everywhere we went. And he's six months younger than I was. So I turned 18 at the first of that year. I was going to wait till he turned 18. We we're both going to buy our PBR permits, start going to PBRs and I think a week before he turned 18, I hung up to a bull at a jackpot and drug up underneath him. He stumped me in the belly, broke all my ribs on my right side, lacerated my liver, bruised my kidneys, my spleen. The hospital, they said I should have never made it out of the arena. And they told me it'd be about eight months before I get on another bull. And I told them they were crazy as hell. I was broke. I didn't have no money. Uh, had bills coming in, doctor bills. So. I had the wonderful pleasure of having a job at a ball bearing plant inside all day covered in grease and oil from head to toe. And after about, I don't know, three or four days of working there, my dad asked me, he said, how's that job going? I said, I'm gonna tell you one thing, they're gonna have hell throwing me off when I go back to riding bulls. I can't do that shit the rest of my life. <laughs> I know we've always said, you know, being a professional cowboy, you're uh, too lazy to work and too scared to steal. And that's the only way we know how to make a living. That's it. And, uh, that was kind of the turning point for me to where, you know, cause I, I mean, the surgeon told me it should have killed me when that bull stepped on me. She said, I shouldn't have got up and made it five feet. And I kind of turned the light bulb on. If I was going to do this, I better mean it. And I don't remember, was it a couple of weeks ago, social media page put a picture up of one of your paintings and all honesty, I thought, how old are you Richmond? And that's a horrible painting of a Holstein cow. <laughs> and uh, do we have the painting? This is Richmond's painting which I thought was from a few weeks ago. And I think Paige said so did a lot of other people, right? It was alarming how many people thought that this is what I've been doing with my time off. Hey, listen, if you want to find an artistic edge when your time off, that's great. But let's get some lessons before we start posting them. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I know I told you I was seven, but I look at the tag now and I was 11. So I don't know. I think that makes it worse. <laughs> and I know this was a question that I think everybody knows. I don't know the answer to it, but how much did you get fined at the national finals early? And the reason I ask, because I feel like some of those fines that the national, that they do at the finals are a bunch of bullshit. So, I mean, how much did they tack you for? So that night I got, so the first night I got, uh, fine for not getting out of the arena fast enough. And then the next night I got fined for like not being ready. I don't know, but they fine you for literally anything. That night really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be because I walked in the locker room and I was like, guys, I'm about to have, have to stroke a check to pay this fine. And But I, I got fined like uh, $2,000 for harassment and $1,000 for intimidation. So that was you, three grand that night. Them. I, I guess so. They're intimidated by a five, six guy. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible, but, and then, so I, I got fined two grand for harassment and a thousand dollars for intimidation. And I looked on the judge or on the uh, fine sheet the next day and like uh, Clay Smith got like fined like three grand for harassment. And I was like, damn, they think he's better than me. <laughs> he harasses better than I do. Apparently I was like, I want to know what the hell he did. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. We're ready for some live Jenna Paulette coming to you. One, two,
Traveling partners, who you got with you right now? I got Kai Hamilton with me. He's in the back recovering from Clovis. You got a head stomp Clovis? Yeah, the horn hit him coming off, and then his back feet clipped his head when he hit the ground. Well, and I know this was discussed. Uh, uh, I mean, it was a topic of discussion a few months ago when he started hanging out with JB. JB told him to throw that helmet in the trash, and he went, what, 8 for 8 or 10 for 10. He, any rate, he rode a lot of bulls in a row. And everybody's like, yeah, that's great, but you're going to get your head stepped on eventually in this event. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the first long period of time, I, I didn't – I've had a hard time saying anything to him because he's been clearly kicking my ass. So, like, <laughs> it's hard for me to have any ground to stand on when he's winning everywhere. And But I wish he'd put a freaking helmet back on. The helmet you wear, it, it's pretty light, right? I mean – Probably each helmet is 500 bucks, which – I mean, it's well worth it. Keep your cheapest insurance ever. <laughs> keep your head for five hundred bucks, or lay in the back of camper like Kai with a what is probably swelled up a little bit. On that, <laughs> yeah, he's got a goose egg bad. <laughs> <laughs> we're not making fun of you, Kai. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're, we're making fun. Yeah, we're of making fun of him. I want to get into real quick Stetson. When I had you on the show earlier in the season. You said something about Kai, and I think it hurt his feelings. He feels like you bully him a little bit. What'd you call it? Stupid, right? But that that was what it was? Yeah, it was something along those lines. But it was because his head got smashed at Clovis. Yeah, I, I felt that he should be wearing a helmet, and he said otherwise. Okay, okay, he said that, but why don't you wear a helmet? And I know the answer to this. I just want everybody else to know. Uh, so I've been thinking about not wearing one the last few years and uh i was in san antonio and things weren't going well at all and i went to get on a few practice balls and i just decided screw it i'm taking my helmet off and not saying it was the hat that made me ride better the practice balls were definitely what helped but uh it definitely did make me be able to see what was going on a little better. So who who did you go practice with? JB Mooney. <laughs> JB who? JB Mooney. So I heard this is a true story. I heard this. I don't know if it actually happened, but Stetson, you could probably vouch for this. They said after he went and hung out with JB for a couple of days, he's in the locker room, hat kicked back, smoking a marble red, drinking a probably a Bud Light, knowing him. Uh, yeah, but, definitely. Uh, 
I mean, like it was he not only did JB just tell him to take his helmet off so he could see better, but you gotta smoke the marble reds and drink the beer before. But hey, whatever it is, it's working. Yeah, it is working. Kinda. No? Yeah, it's working. <laughs> Do you make fun of him for being Australian? Does he say some silly ass words? Oh, he says a lot of he's batteries, he calls them batteries, and I mean there's just a million different things that he says that's weird and he always tells me i says it different than you he says says it different <laughs> yeah i says it different hey stetson does he say a lot of funny words yeah and every time somebody asks me this i have a brain fart on what it is well batteries he calls them batteries 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 and the, and the letter h he calls it h i doesn't even make sense so hey kai say aluminum <laughs> aluminium Aluminium. There's another one. Uh, what about arena? Arena. Well, no. Is that Australian or is it arena? Because I had some Australian that I like, arena, arena. I'm like that arena. Sound. Or diarrhea, diarrhea. There's another one. What other words does he say that are funny? Come on. Oh, remember this morning I I, I was talking about sussing something out. Sussing. Yeah, sussing. I was sussing it out. He's like, what does that mean? I'm like, testing the waters, like I'm sussing it out. Never heard of sussing. Neither had I. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was something like high school kids would say with everything that they try to crunch into one little True. letter. True. What do you call the uh, hood of your truck? Uh, the bonnet. What about the trunk? Here, have you heard this one, Stetson? The trunk, the boot, the oh, boot of the car. So he has said that to me before, and I'm like, no, that is the trunk. <laughs> yes, yeah. I don't oh. see no boot. But here, here's one. Here's one. The windshield. Oh, you've said this. The windshield. Yeah. Windscreen. The windscreen. Yeah. If it was a screen, wind would be hitting you in the face while you're going 80 miles an hour down the road. <laughs> I, I just says it differently, okay? Oh, that's another thing. He says says. Oh, says it. Says it? I says it a lot. Yeah. Oh, man. I would I would get caught up in the game way too much and get way too upset because here again, I hated to lose. Right. And that's what made me such a great winner, in my personal opinion, because I absolutely hate to lose, whether we're rolling marbles whether we're fishing, it, it just doesn't doesn't matter. I mean, I'm competitive at everything. And here in about the last five years, I've played golf quite a bit, right? I suck at it. <laughs> I, I'm worse than Charles Barkley. I'm not bad. But I got a set of clubs. I dress the part. I freaking go and play all the time with my buddies. And, hell, that's one of the number one things we do at this company. We just had a big tournament a couple of weeks ago down there just right – I guess it'd be south of the Reliant okay. over there at that course. And so I went and played and actually done pretty good towards the end of the day, but the beers were flowing and things were starting to come together pretty good. And then the tournament's over, you know. Well, if you'd have took a little time when you rodeo and played golf, you might have been able to pick it up a little faster. Nah, golf wasn't paying me nothing. That's exactly right. Well, golf <laughs> wasn't paying me nothing. So I was making a living roping, and that's what I focused on, man. 
This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. When I died, the next thing I know is David Bowen, and and last time I'd seen him was St. Paul. They were going to get on it, and he was really, I felt bad about it for a long time. I'm not going to lie. Um, because he came to me that morning. David actually lived with me. Um, I I had to come home and clean his room out. Uh, he lived with me. I mean, we were that tight. And Randy was rodeoing with him. Anyway, that morning he said, man, we're not going to make it back to Noak, I don't think. We got a flight, leaves Portland and goes to Calgary, and we got to get a car. We're barely going to, you know, and I'm like, man, you don't miss Pinoca. So a little bit later he rides by, and he says, hey, Curran's got a plane. He said it's got two got three four seats on it and think what do you think about that i said you know me back then that's the way i rodeoed you know when i yeah. rodeoed with roy in the 80s we chartered everywhere man we didn't you know we'd go we'd pull an airport and find a guy with a plane and we'd fly to three that day and leave our rig you know so i said well that's the dumbest thing i ever heard i'd jump on that plane right here and i can't remember that little town but it's in between molala and st paul remember that f- that field that airfield's right there on the oh yeah side yeah. of the road that's where everybody charters in and out Belli- of, you know? bellingham belling bellingham something yeah bellingham. Not bellingham, but it's something yes yeah so i said well y'all y'all just you're gonna go right there and fly right into pinocchio that's a man that's a no-brainer and he's all right all right i, I think i'm gonna get those seats well that's the last time i see him you know alive so i come i think i come too but i'm not coming i'm not they're working on me because i look around and i can see a bunch of people around this body and this body doesn't have a face and it's i'm it's looking down and i look and i hear this you stupid son of a bitch look what you've done and i look over to my left and it's bowen's voice you know and 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 you don't see the facial features you see um it's almost like an outline of them, like a, somebody took and in, in outlined a picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, what? And he said, that's you, you stupid son of a bitch. And I'm like, Bowen. And he said, yeah. I said, oh, man, I'm good. I'm, I'm, he said, no, no, you got to go back. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. He said, but look at that. Look at you, you stupid. His favorite word was stupid. He called me a stupid son of a bitch 90 times a day because I did stupid things. I'm, you know, whatever. <laughs> and he said, look what you've done. He said, you've got a kid. You've got a family. You've got all this. And look at you. Look what you. And I'm like, no, man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. He's no, you're not good. You're not good. And then I started feeling like a pull. Like he was getting further away. And I'm like, hey, come here, David, come back, come back. He's like, no, you got to go. You got to go. You're not, you can't come. You can't. I said, no, I'm good. Because I'm telling you, I was at peace, man. For the right. first time, maybe in a long time, I was at peace. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. He said, I'll see. You got to go back. You got to go back. And it got fainter and fainter and fainter. And then I couldn't hear him anymore. I couldn't see him anymore. And they said, when I come to, they got auction and stuff. You know, I'm trying to pull that shit off, you know, and I'm like, I said, where's David? Where's David? And they're like, they're asking around, who's David? Who's David? Because they thought, you know, I want to talk to him. And it's just, it, it was, it was that, it was that three minutes or whatever that changed the rest of my life. I was like I said, I was talking with Fred and talking about that that comp- competitive edge. And speaking of competitive edge, we were talking about entering rodeos back in the day when you didn't have a cell phone. You had to get to pay phones. And he said, that son of a bitch blew my truck up 
trying to get us entered. So we were coming from Calgary, coming through Montana. And uh, he, yeah, he told a story about uh, the blowing the truck up or the transmission out. Yeah, I mean, and, and people don't have a clue, man, what we went through. Like, they don't have a clue. Like, I'm telling the girl, come for lessons the other day. I'm so how did y'all do this? I'm like, man, we're we're looking at our sports news, and we're like, holy shit, uh, Cheyenne closes in 20 minutes. We're 19 miles from the next town, man. And we're fishing the mess of the books at Cheyenne. We get there. Sure, I mean, there's two people standing there in line. I mean, we're whipping out 50 bucks here, man. I need to use that phone. You know, like, I got to get on that phone. Well, not only that, now we're entered at Cheyenne or, or Nampa or wherever. Now we got to stop again sometime in here. We got to try to call Joe Blow when he gets off of work and try to get traded. Yeah, oh, we yeah. We got to call this dude four or five times in one day just to try to get a hold of the dude, you know, talking to his mom. Oh, he's at work. Hey, try him later. <laughs> you know, they don't understand to get traded at a rodeo what it took to do that but to get entered and all that you know like it's crazy just it's just a race to the next town hey man that such sets closes or hey the, the the trade deadline closes in an hour you know like driving a hundred just to, just to do this part of it you know but yeah i blew the truck up <laughs> i don't remember what rodeo it was but we had to get traded or had to get entered one of the two well, I'm looking at you, or am I looking at them? Look at that red dot, red and green light. This is a good way to pass out. Yeah, right there. Okay. <laughs> I, I heard you're a nicer person without the beard. Without that's the what beard? I heard. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure that's what they said. Who said? Might have been your wife. When I'm not riding my boyfriend, brother. <laughs> she was actually the one that wanted the beard, because in 2000, we're gonna go on my. But you had to get it because she couldn't. Is what you're saying. Oh, no, she can. She can. Oh, she, she's talented, too. <laughs> you should see her armpits. Just okay, joking. Thank you. Um, <laughs> boy, I'm going to pay for that later, right? Yeah, I don't know. That. And you said what you said because that's what you said, and you didn't mean it in any malice or anything. I just used a big word. Did I malice use a big word? Malice is not a big word. That's for me, it's a big word. That's six letters long. But it, the, just the under Anyway. <laughs> the meaning is big. The meaning is big. Okay. I was like, well, how about keep it in the family? And I'm like, that's that sounds like incestual. Is, is, is incestual a word? Is that a big word? <laughs> it's big. I don't know if it's a word. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I had like, this I conversation yesterday in the Urban Dictionary and all these woke kids now, they make up words that aren't words and they say they're words. But that's not an actual dictionary. You know that? It's just a website. Bullshit. Look on Google. Are we, are we rolling? I want to get this over. Oh my gosh. That, that was, was good. Yeah, it was very crabby. Yeah, no, I know, but it's Urban Dictionary is not a real dictionary. Oh, it's not Webster's? People, okay, it's, it's like not Wikipedia. Webster's. People can submit to it. It's and it's, like oh, so I can make my own words? Well, you could, you could say, no, 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 you can't. That's not, that's not how that goes. Incestual. 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 Sorry. You misspelt it and said it wrong. I did not mean to. When I'm not riding my brother's sister. I'm not actually going to say my brother's <laughs> From 2014 to now, I think I maybe shaved five times, eight times-ish. And it doesn't fall out, which is nice. You know, it, I still keep my beard at night. I don't wake up in the morning with hair all over the bed. Oh, that's nice. From my beard. But maybe it's from my back. Okay. I didn't want to know that either, but now we all do you guys, well it's not live i mean we can cut it if we wanted but we're not going to we're not to. going to <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no we're leaving. when i'm not riding my <laughs> sister's brother <laughs>
No. We're not going to use that word. When I'm not collecting my brother's sister. <laughs> when I'm not riding sister or brother, I'm watching the Luke Branquino show. Or her sister's brother. That's weird. That is weird. That's weird. Do it again. When I'm not riding sister or brother, I'm watching the Luke Branquino show. Then I'm going to go get on one of them and make them a steer wrestling horse. No. No. Yeah. No. Yes. That was golden. Last year, I mean, my son is five, okay? And last year we went to a jackpot in California. And this is girls. And, I, and no offense to guys, but I mean, guys are even worse. Like, I, I mean, like, but girls at a jackpot at someone's private place in California. I was the last one up there to go get my check. Go figure. And I looked down at these people's arena that put on this great jackpot for us. And there is trash. Like, people just ordering food from places. And it's just sitting there. You right. know, like everywhere and so me and my five-year-old son i said hey buddy look at all this like you know like people didn't look they didn't put their trash away right so we walk throughout the whole thing and my five-year-old son puts away like how early he's five <laughs> yeah, right you know what i mean and he gets it like how do you be that disrespectful and how do you expect this from the other end but right. you can't hold up no for acting sure. like a grown adult and professional like you're and that unclassy and that lazy and you like, can't tell me uh, there weren't trash cans around no there was yes, trash cans exactly around. there was trash cans around. <laughs> listen i'm not saying we haven't all left something somewhere because it's like okay i gotta put this down i gotta go do this right. and you forget it happens but i have literally watched so, some of your people not the bulldoggers because i get on their ass <laughs> your people the men your people men or bulldoggers kill deer mm, bulldoggers oh well that's north dakota that doesn't make that they're not <laughs> This committee is so nice. They oh, feed awesome. yeah. everyone, killed it, like, and they try their best. It's a little rodeo, little town, and they try their best, and they are, they're so accommodating, whatever. And I literally get to the point. No, what did we kick? do? Like, how nasty is your rig if you're literally kicking your trash out with your foot? Well, I've traveled with Gabriel Dew. I know exactly how nasty a rig <laughs> could be. <laughs> Kicks it out with their feet, and I'm thinking, surely they're kicking. They're gonna bag that up and like, you yeah. know, at least bag it up if you're gonna leave it like a lazy piece of junk right. at least bag it up you what? know what I mean? like what a, literally they just go get in their truck start it up back over the top of it <laughs> and pull out and i'm thinking you gotta be kidding that me. just happened like do you know how bad if i can't wait till i get to the point in my career in my life that you i really gonna start don't chewing care. their ass no i like i really don't care which is i'm gonna film them i'm just gonna film it and post it i'm gonna be that 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 facebook oh, wow. person Hey, if you thought that someone might film you and post you on everything that you thought people weren't watching. That's like stalker status. Ooh. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Have you ever thought about if Rodeo had a tabloid magazine? We should do that. Paparazzi. Rodeo? Pop. Well, we'd have to name <laughs> it something different. Can you imagine? You know, that was one of her big questions. She has always been my right hand. When she was little, when I'd get ready to go, she'd have her bag packed and tell me she'd be a good girl. She wouldn't be much trouble. And that was one of the hardest things to drive away and leave. And you try to figure out how she can fit in the plane and go with you in the whole deal. And she asked, Dad, can I make a living with a rope? And I couldn't honestly say yes. I said, but you can get an education. We did softball for a little while. And, you know, she run a lot. And she didn't like to run. And her horse did all the running when she was 11. And she won $1,800 that weekend. And she played a softball tournament all week in the cold and the wind. And afterwards, I'll never forget her looking at the trophy and going, Dad? Can I buy a hamburger with this? I says, no, you cannot. She goes, I think we need to rethink things through here a little bit. I can get an education with a rope, right? I said, yes, ma'am, you can. And that was her big turning point.
you really can't forget where you came from. The other thing about rodeo, which you know way better than I do, is how humbling it can be. You know, like the moment you think you made it, like, and you just can hit cruise control, rodeo will find a way to humble you. And whether <laughs> it's right. whether it's with one steer that you know won't kick a leg out, or maybe it's an injury or whatever it is, but spiritually in 2022, I would say the the primary thing that I studied what was pride and I learned a lot about pride and I, I don't know. So so that's something I've I've really tried to identify and pull out of my life a lot lately, personally. Well yeah, and you could just like you said that it's so humbling world champion after the national finals, but you go to Denver in January, you're back at the bottom with everybody else with zero dollars won. That's just how humbling our sport is. And you carried it on into your business as well. And that's that's awesome. One thing I've learned with business, the busiest we get in our warehouse, we'll have upwards of 20 people working. And that's during like Black Friday. But typically there's anywhere from 15 to 17 on like a normal work week. And one thing I've noticed is just how incredibly important um, culture is and the culture of, of just the work environment. And the boss sets the tone. And for sure, there's been times where I've had to make hard decisions with people because of how it was going to affect the culture. And, you know, you might have to let a top, top money producer in your company go because of the way they affect culture. And I think it bleeds over not only into your employees, but also like who you are on the internet. And so to me, that's that's just a magnifying glass. And some people are really good at, at, at kind of deceiving everyone on who they really are. But um, social media can sometimes be just the best version of what somebody has to offer, especially like when that post came out where there was a lot of people that wanted to express how much they disliked me. I think that I try to go back to if I'm going to worry about what anybody has to say, it's going to be those absolutely closest to me because they know me yeah. the best. If, if my brother, if Leroy, if Leroy came to me and said, man, you got these two huge character flaws that you need to work on. I probably need to take that pretty seriously. You know, <laughs> he might be wrong, but he might be dead on and because he knows me the best. So our final inductee this morning comes to the Hall of Fame carrying five gold buckets. Fourteen trips to the National Finals Rodeo. Untold wins at the National Finals Rodeo in the go-rounds. He dominated in the building, he dominated in the arena, and he is our final inductee. All right, I promise I'm not gonna cry. That's too late, thanks Jeff. Um, he said he was going to do that when we were up in Calgary. He said, I'm going to probably make you cry, and he did good. But I don't have a great memory because I'm a steer wrestler. I have, I have hit my head a lot, so I wrote my speech down. The problem with that is I am a steer wrestler, and my grammar and my spelling is horrible, and I have to read it. So we're going to give it a shot here. July 2015, 2010. I was rushing Lindsay to hurry, uh, hurry up and have Jameson like a typical rodeo cowboy. And he's celebrating his 13th birthday with us today. So happy birthday, bud. As 
As an 11-year-old dragging around the arena with the help of family friend John Black, I never imagined that I'd be standing up here. Um, my brother Casey and Joey Ames dragging on the steer's tail, so I didn't get stepped on very much. I think they still wanted me to get stepped on a little bit. I've had the honor of traveling with some tough cowboys, with the toughest cowboys going, and all that did was make me a tougher competitor. So thank you guys that I got to travel up and down the road with. The honor of riding some of the best horses in the business, which made my job that much easier. My parents, John and Brandy, for giving my brothers and I every tool we needed to be successful. And it was up to us to use them. Whether it was horses to practice on, compete on, cattle to practice on, arenas, lights, whatever it was. And to the countless hours in the truck hauling us around the country. My brothers, Tony would always call in and check and see how I was doing and always give me words of encouragement. Casey always competed at the highest level and made me want to be better. They say iron sharpens iron, and at a young age, he helped me become razor sharp. This one's gonna be tough. My father-in-law, Mark, you're not here to enjoy this day with us, but I know you're smiling down from above. Your words always seem to make everything okay, no matter how tough the situation it was. I miss hearing them. Dr. Tandy Freeman, I'm not going to go into the jokes we have about each other, but um, you've put me back together many times. And if you didn't feel like you could do the job, you always sent me to the best person you thought could do it. And I always had confidence to get back into championship form. Thank you for being a great surgeon and a great friend. The sponsors. I've had so many sponsors, I can't name them all, but I do want to list the two that have been with me from the beginning. Platinum Performance took a chance on this young kid back in 2000, my rookie year, and have been with me ever since. Since Church and Jeans also did the same thing. Without the support of all my sponsors, it would have been tough going up and down the road. To my boys, Cade and Jameson and Bear, I hope I've set a good example for you to follow and the mistakes I made, I can help you not make them. I will always be here for you. To this great hall, Kent and the staff, this is where the legends of the past voices echoes, saying you're amongst the greatest of the great. To the PRCA, Tom, your crew, Thank you for all you've done for rodeo, and here's to just rodeo getting bigger and better. To the committees, thank you for giving us a stage to show off on. Your hard work has never gone unnoticed by me. To the greatest fans in the world, thank you for buying the tickets to come watch us or turning on the broadcast and cheering us on from your television or from your couches. Last but definitely not least, Lindsay. Anybody got tissue? <laughs> the love of my life. I didn't, we didn't really know what we were getting into uh, when we got married 19 years ago, but it only feels like 10. <laughs> you have loved unconditional, sacrificed so much, given where most would, forgiven where most would have walked away and became a very best friend wife, mother, and a pretty darn good nurse. 
a man could ever ask for. Oh, I'm 35 seconds long. I'm, I'll hurry up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for never giving up on me, even when I made it so easy for you to. Thank you all so very much. There's not enough time up here to explain my gratitude of all everybody has done for me. Life after competing. Well, that's an easy one. I'm going to become a team roper. Cactus ropes all the way. But in all serious, I love doing television commentary, getting to work with guys like Butch, Jeff, Joe Beaver. Um, it's, it's been so much fun for me to be able to uh, get in front of the camera and, and do that. And grateful for so many companies that have been willing to take a chance on me and teach an old bulldogger new tricks. My, my podcast, The Luke Branquino Show, if you haven't checked it out and subscribed, please do. That'll just help my ratings. Steer wrestling clinics. I've always enjoyed going out and helping the future of rodeo, whether it was learning how to steer wrestle um, inside the arena, outside the arena. It's been a passion. That's something that I will continue to do. And a Western-themed clear spirit company, which I can't divulge too much about right now, but it's going to be Mucho Bueno. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being in a better group than this. Congratulations to the Pro Roadie Hall of Fame class of 2023. Thank you. All right, big boy, swing around here. You finish with the shuffle. Where did the shuffle come from? Well, in 2000, in four at Omaha, the crowd wasn't getting into the rodeo like the announcers had wanted, so they came to me, and if and folks remember, Rooster Reynolds used to do the chicken dance, and they thought if somebody could do something like that, the crowd would get a little more involved in the rodeo, and I really didn't want to do it, and they kept hounding me, and finally, that was the only thing I could think of. Just, if I did that, they'd never ask me to do it again. <laughs> that blew up in my face. Yes, I would say so, but I think it became... Everyone expected it. Everyone cheered you on. I remember watching you at the finals. Nobody could wait for you to make a great run because a great run meant the shuffle was coming. Yeah, it, that's, the, that's the silver lining, I guess, for me, is if, if I had to do it, that meant, meant I won something. All right. Well, speaking about you won something, Cowboy, welcome to the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you.